it's me, Joy Affinity, and you're listening to Toys and Tech of the Trade. What's going on, folks? Thanks for hitting that download button and checking out a brand new episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade, your one-stop shop for toys, tech, and talk with some assembly required. I'm your host, Rich, and if this is your first time checking out this show, first of all, welcome. Second, a bit about what we do here. Toys and Tech of the Trade is an interview series where we sit down with content creators, entrepreneurs, and awesome folks that are on our radar and discuss the gadgets, the gear, and the tech that they use to run their businesses, create their content, and overall, be more productive. When it comes to toys, we like to say toys in quotes around here and not relegated to action figures and any of the usual stuff. You'd be surprised what people consider their toys, and we like to embrace that definition in a more general sense around here. But with that intro out of the way, let's get into some housekeeping and turn it over to this week's guest. So first and foremost, I know that we did not do an episode two weeks ago. Um, Just a couple little personal things going on off air, which... Eventually, I'll get into in a future episode that's uh, more Q&A focused, but for now, um, had to take the two weeks and just work on some other stuff here at home, but we got a great slate of guests uh, for the remainder of February and going into March, and I even want to say as far as April, so really excited to share all of these amazing stories and more importantly share some amazing gadgets gear and tech that you can use for your businesses your creative endeavors and with everything going on this is prime time to really pull the trigger on those ideas that have been rattling around in your head you want to start that youtube channel go for it you want to start streaming on twitch make it happen you want to start that business you want to do that etsy shop there's no time like today to get that started. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities, a lot of tools, and a lot of great stuff out there. And hopefully, some of the things we share can help you along your way. In some RageWorks Network news, I wanted to take the opportunity to welcome the latest addition to the RageWorks Podcast Network. That is the Eat for Life podcast. Uh, Really great podcast hosted by an amazing group of folks uh, covering entrepreneurship, esports, really, really insightful, super informative. Uh, Basically, the concept was brought to my attention by Sebastian Burton, aka Chosen One. Those of you that have been familiar with the shows going back to the My Take Radio days will know Sebastian as somebody who I've known for a long, long time. We recently reconnected on LinkedIn and We're just talking about different ideas and different things, and um, podcasting came up in a conversation after he was a guest on Toys and Tech of the Trade. Make sure you check out that episode, and um, he reached out, expressed interest in starting a podcast uh, to bring value with regards to entrepreneurship, esports, etc., and next thing you know, we went down the rabbit hole of talking, and that turned into him and a few of his colleagues coming together to launch the podcast. They are now on their fourth episode, and 
it's legitimately no BS gems upon gems of just great information, whether you're looking to learn about uh, esports or crypto. Um, the crypto episode was outstanding, especially with everything going on nowadays with Bitcoin, uh, Dogecoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, all of that stuff. It's just there's so much stuff out there, so much misinformation. And the Crypto 101 episode with Marcus Howard was outstanding. Um, by the time you hear this, episode four of their podcast will be out with Malik Forte as their guest. Um, if you've been in the gaming space or you're familiar with Nerdist Industries or in the esports space, then you've heard of Malik Forte. Uh, Malik really, really over delivered as a guest on this past episode. And I'm not saying that just because um, I'm a fan of his work, but because the information that was there really opened the floodgates and really shed some light on what it takes to be a personality in the gaming industry or in the entertainment industry for that matter. Uh, the episode was super in fight and the episode was super insightful and, um, I myself learned a lot and I've been doing this a long, long time. So definitely check out the Eat for Life podcast on the Rageworks Podcast Network. You can also find the Eat for Life podcast on all the major podcasting platforms. So definitely check them out. The other thing I did want to mention is that we are working on a brand new Q&A episode. So by all means, if you have any questions regarding the show's the network, Rageworks itself, uh, what I have going on, by all means, feel free to send your questions to rich at rageworks.net, or you can DM Rageworks via any social media platform of your choice. You can find us pretty much everywhere. Uh, on Twitter, though, we are rage underscore works. Someone has been sitting on the Rageworks Twitter forever. So if anybody has an inside track on Twitter that could help me get that name, uh, that would be phenomenal. But without any further ado, I'm going to turn it over to this week's guest. And her story is Man, it, it is it is textbook, uh, a really, really amazing story that picked up a lot of steam with the current circumstances of the pandemic. And like I said, if you're not inspired by some of these stories, then then you got to check your pulse and, ch and see if you're alive, because this the story that this week's guest shared is it's definitely one that many people are currently going through. So without any further ado, let's turn it over to this week's guests and learn about the toys and tech of their trade. My guest for this week's episode of toys and tech of the trade is streamer, gamer, content creator, and podcaster, Joy Nickens, better known as Joy Infinity. I had the pleasure of connecting with Joy through a podcast meetup virtually and we've been connected ever since. I've been following her growth as a streamer and as a podcaster. And today she is going to share the toys and tech of her trade. Hey, Joy, how's it going? Hi, I'm doing wonderful, Rich. How are you doing? I am so excited to finally get to sit down with you and share your story. Um, you know, lurking, following, following your growth from afar. <laughs> and um, it's amazing. You know, you've taken you've taken just gaming and streaming and turned it into a full-on career in the midst of a pandemic, which is, which is crazy. And on top of that, you launched a podcast, you're working on a complete branding initiative. So 
I kind of want to start with what we usually do on the show, which is the origin story. So I want to get into uh, how you got started as a content creator and more importantly, why gaming of all things? Thank you so much. Uh, My heart and my brain are exploding right now because this is literally all I've ever been wanting to answer (laughs) from anyone. No one asks me these questions. Uh, So I graduated from William Patterson University in 2013, and I transferred there from Brookdale, uh, Brookdale Community College, and I didn't know what I was doing. Like I really didn't have a career path. I knew from community college, all right, journalism works. And then when I got to William Patterson, it was like, well, I was doing something else. I was doing Japanese I was learning Japanese. I just figured, hey, if you knew a bunch of languages, you could probably secure a job somewhere in the world. But when I got to William Patterson, it was like, no, you're not good at this. You need to do something else. So then, um, sob story, I I changed my major and I changed it the same day to communications. I didn't know what that entitled, like what that was going to be. But um, I started my major as communications broadcast journalism. So they trained me on how to be an anchor, how to be a person in front of the camera, how to be a host. Um, I did do a video game show on campus as well for like a couple episodes. So all that to say, when I graduated, I had that knowledge, but I didn't know what to do with it. Mm. Obviously, the only thing I could do at that time, 2013, which is apply to a ton of companies, a lot of news networks figuring out what am I supposed to do? And obviously no one wanted to hire me. Obviously I was so green and I was upset. I was sad. And of course, when you have pressure, I'm a young millennial, I'm 23 at the time and people, your parents, your, (laughs) your family's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, look, I don't know. So, uh, I was so sad that in October 25th, 2013, I started my YouTube channel and it took forever for me to figure out a name. My first name is Joy. It's like, well, what else should you do with that? And I called my best friends and I was like, well, what should I do? What should I do? And I just figured out, well, I love my name Joy and I love the symbol infinity. So I was like, well, let's blend them together, joy, joy, infinity. But infinity with the I in between was taken. Someone took that name. Mm. So I figured if I dash the I away in between joy and, you know, infinity, it's joy N as in Nancy, but really joy N as in my whole last name. So that was my thing. Joy Nickens is literally joy infinity. If you've get mm-hmm. rid of the F-I-N-I-T-Y. It's my whole last name. So I'm like, oh, this makes sense. But there's so many people that misspell it. So <laughs> that's the orange story of my name and how I just started to be on YouTube. And I was riding YouTube so hard. I, I was making videos. I My first video was life as a video game because video games has been a part of my life since four. My father bought me my first console, which was a Sega Genesis. All I do as a black woman was talking to my friends about video games and, you know, looking at anime and all that other stuff. And I knew I wasn't a pro at video games, but I enjoyed 
uh, role-playing games, you know, the Final Fantasies and the Kingdom Hearts and the Xenosagas or Xenosaga or, you know, just those deeply rooted games that barely anyone my complexion would talk about or my gender would talk about out loud. So um, once I was doing the YouTube thing, I was trying to do blogging, blogging, not blogging, vlogging. Um, I figured, well, what else can I do with with YouTube? It, it, I'm not seeing anyone really respond to my gaming stuff, the stuff that I care about. They're really responding to all my reaction videos. People like seeing my face and being like, oh my God, she's so funny. So um, I went on a couple of conventions, you know, video game conventions, and that's when they were saying, you know, you should probably turn your love of video games, you should probably display that on Twitch. And I was like, well, can I do that? Like, who's who's going to want to see a black girl talk about video games or play video games? And I was like, well, can I? And then I met a couple of my friends. Obviously, they were like, yeah, you should probably do it. And I was gathering the equipment, which it's overwhelming to want to start into this. But once you start gathering your items one by one, and obviously you don't have to have the most expensive technology out the gate. You just, you know, collect things like a video game, like a, like a journey. You collect your gear and then eventually you just, you know, the, the biggest thing is to start. So I had another friend, um, shout out to Isaac. Uh, I went to GameStop one day with my girlfriend and he was like, yo, you need act. And this was after I kind of said it in my head that I'm not going to do it. This one chance encounter with a person I consider my friend was like, no, you should do it. Like really stop sitting on this and do it. So I just started doing Twitch in 2017 and I was doing Twitch from my, I was broadcasting on Twitch. I should say not doing Twitch. I was broadcasting on Twitch from my PlayStation 4. And I was doing that for the past three years wow. up until this summer where I was finally able to have enough money collected to purchase a gaming PC, a, a PC that's specifically geared to handle all the capabilities of running um, live, you know, live broadcasting and all the video games that I'm, I'm downloading and, and porting and all that other good stuff. So it's been a journey, like truly. And I feel that the Twitch community, it can be really toxic. Um, but so far with the community that has been collected, not just, I can't say I collected this community. I, I'm, I'm just, a, I'm just one girl, but the people that like watching me, the people that stay to watch me <laughs> and you included that, you know, the lurkers, Got to shout out to my lurkers, uh, people who just, you know, watch and they don't say anything. They don't type anything. Um, I just, I'm so grateful for people that take the time to even see my channel. So I've just been on that path ever since. So to, to dig a little deeper into that. So back when you started streaming, uh, back in 2017, you were streaming just through your console all the way through when you became an affiliate in 2019. Yes. Wow, that's amazing. Yes, so you my, built that um, audience along the way just strictly based on the console. How were you engaging at that point? So I went to a, uh, a gaming convention called a video game con, which is in was was in Persephone, New Jersey. Um, they had a whole workshop about streaming. So I took my notes and I was like, all right, well, I have to get I have my PS4 because I 
got the PS4 after going to PlayStation Experience uh, 2015 and 2016. So 2016 is when I got the, the, I'm sorry, 2017 is when I got my PlayStation 4, but I didn't have the camera because I knew from then, obviously I'm, I'm, I've trained talking to an inanimate object since 2013. I talked to the laptop. I talked to my DSLR camera. I have no qualms about staring into a camera lens and not feeling embarrassed. So I was like, if I'm going to stream, people need to see me. They're, they're going to hear my voice. Yeah, my voice is cool, but you got to see who I am because that's what brings people into the channel as well. If they can't see you, most of the time, your voice has to be really, really entertaining. So I figured, let me go buy this PlayStation 4 camera off of Amazon and set it up. And the first game I ever played is the game called The Wolf Among Us, which is a telltale game. It's very interactive. And I was only interacting with me, myself, and I. It's not like anyone was really <laughs> watching me. <laughs> but um, July 3rd of 2017, I only did that because my parents, shout out to my parents, went on a vacation and they were like, Joy, you should watch the house. And I was like, okay. And I just streamed. That was the only room that had a good enough background and it was right near the router. And I had my dog next to me, may she rest in peace. And I just started playing the game. And I was like, regardless if anyone comes in or not, I'm just going to talk to myself. And this, this whole time has just been the PlayStation 4 camera. And then, of course, I got one light, one um, the light that I was using for my DSLR for my YouTube uh, videos. I only have the one light, the one camera. And my PS4, and that's and that's all I've been doing until recently. I think to to hear that, and it's one of those things that I wanna I wanna really reinforce to a lot of our listeners is that you don't need the full you know five thousand dollars worth of equipment to become a, a Twitch content creator or a YouTube creator, as as Joy is so so eloquently stating. You can very easily start with the bare minimum. And if you're engaging, the games you're playing are fun and you're genuinely into it, it, it really is the cliched, if you build it, they will come, uh, yes, <laughs> quote, for sure. Yes, sir. And of course, like I didn't want to rely on my friends. Of course, people are like, you got to watch me. You got to watch me. Hey, I'm going live. I'm going live. But that's annoying. Like if you if people are going to watch you, they're going to watch you because yep. they want to. If you're begging people to watch you, and side note, I made a whole YouTube video about the five tips of being a Twitch streamer. Like I just made up a video and I'm going to make another one, but I didn't want to be like, Hey friends, make sure you promote me. Like as a Twitch streamer, as a content creator, you have to be your own PR. You have to be your own marketing. You have to do that. And I was like, regardless of whether my friends watch me or not, I have to show up in my heart. I have to show up like someone is watching. And just be yourself. And like you said earlier, just, you know, be authentically you. And yeah, people, I still don't know how people find me. I mean, obviously I played the game and people are lurking in those channels, but it's them who decide to come back. I say my schedule is Mondays and Thursdays currently, Mondays and Thursdays, 9 p.m. If you want to come back on a Monday and you see me, I'm here. Like I try to be as consistent as possible, which again is another, <laughs> another tip I said, but yeah, it's it's really about just doing you, being who you are, and people will see that that's you, and you're not putting a facade in front of the camera just to be likable. So 
it's been really helpful. And the the beauty of this story, in addition to you uh, just being a, a Twitch creator, you've taken this now and turned it into a full fledged brand, uh, branching out into merchandise, podcasting, etc. And I want to start with where what was the tipping point for you to decide? You know, I want to take this and brand myself and me become the business. Well, it was not me alone. <laughs> I guarantee you. I'm very grateful for, first of all, my girlfriend. Um, shout out to her. I'm not sure if I could say her name, if she wants me to say her name, or maybe I could. I, sh- I probably should, like, because she's got a business too. Like, she's she's out here. Um, but my girlfriend, uh, aka Tinktastic, uh, she was the first person that's like, we should probably have merch by now. And I was like, well, I have a merch store. I just never promoted it. Right. And I, I had, so I had my logo be on a shirt since 20, probably 2017. I just never told anyone. I never advertised it at all, but she's like, you know, people are going to want to buy your stuff, right? People are out here and you should have that. And I was like, okay. And then I had people from the community, um, my community that have been watching me for a long period of time. They're like, yeah, you should have your own merch. And I'm like, <laughs> really? Like you would actually buy something from me. So I had someone buy a shirt with my logo on it. And I was like, oh my God. So then my girlfriend, who is hella creative and um, very talented, she had all these ideas, like all these, which again, I'm blessed because not a lot of people have that. People go to like Fiverr, Mm -hmm. they go and they, you know, find other people that they could um, hire. But she's the in-house, like I call her my manager, (laughs) like my manager, baby, Um, manager, manager. artist like go-to person the one that has a lot of the ideas behind the channel how it's operating like that's her too so it's not an alone operation but she was like hey what if i just drew this or hey remember you said that thing on stream like what if we made that a shirt or what if we made that a hoodie like so that was kind of like wow someone actually believes like you believe in my brand enough to put it on a teespring because that's why i use teespring and it was one, two, three. Like you just upload the picture up there on Teespring and then it's it go the listing goes live and then you just wait. Obviously you promote you promote the store, but then you kind of just see, does anyone want to buy your stuff? So that happened last August, where someone actually bought my shirt for the first time. And I was like, oh my God, like you do care. So then it spiraled, it it um spiraled, it snowballed into okay, what else should we put up there? Okay, what else should we do? And then, of course, I'm excited. I never had this happen before. The only time I ever got paid from doing anything I loved was through YouTube, which is once every, I guess, three years, and uh, a, one payoff from Twitch. So it's not, it's not, you know, all the time. So then that's when one of my friends, Dominic, he was like, hey, are you an LLC yet? And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, girl, if you're going to be making money from merch, you know, you probably need to have an LLC. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, Joy, look, you see all these other companies out here. Like it's not so-and-so owns this company. It's like Google LLC, Sony LLC. Like you gotta, you can't be, you know, um, you have to have a business because if something happens, if people see you, they're going to be able to see you directly. Right. And not your business. And I was like, oh my God, sir. So then he was like, Joy, take some time out of your day. 
we will sit here together. And I'm telling you, it's a blessing. And I tell him all the time and he's like, no, 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 no. I'm just trying to help others. And I'm, I'm trying to help, you know, women like you and people in general, like not, not people like me, but, you know, artists and creatives like me, like if I have information, of course I want to share it because this is not a competition out here. Like, you know, I see that you're going to do, you're doing wonderful things. And I was like, well, thank you so much. And he was like, look, we're going to set together a time and we're going to do this. And he walked me through the LLC process for that, for, well, you know, for the, for the merch stuff. And of course, like I making sure that anything that I do under Joy Infinity LLC has the merch, the gaming, the podcast, (laughs) which is basically all you. So, um, yeah, it was just people taking time to want to help me. I wasn't begging anyone. I, I, and I sat on the LLC thing for months mm. and you know how I sat on some stuff for, yep. for months, <laughs> the, uh, paralysis analysis. I was so scared. And, you know, during the, the panini, the, <laughs> the, the pandemic, the, whatever we're calling it, the Pandora's box, what money did I have to even think about making a company out of something like this? Like, who, who am I? Right. But, um, you know, luckily people like you, um, were kind enough to be like, Hey joy, you should do this. Hey joy. What if you, did you try this yet? And I I thank God for each and every one of you, because it's not, I'm never going to forget that. They just, because I mean, I'm not paying you. I didn't pay anybody to sit here and tell me those things, but just because, and obviously you showed me that kindness. All I'm trying to do is just make sure that everyone out here that I know and love and care for gets the same information and double. So I'm not sitting here being greedy with the knowledge. I, as soon as I became an LLC, the first thing I did was text all my best friends. Like, look, I know how to do an LLC. You want to do this? Let's do it right now. Girl, (laughs) I can tell you, boy, I can tell you, like, let's do this because this is information that is not available to us in in high school and college. Yep. None of us knew. I'm like, I'm still swimming in what? $70,000 worth of debt. This would have been really helpful in 2013. So um, I just want to make sure that I'm spreading the awareness, spreading the love, spreading the information so that it's not impossible for us to be business owners. Thank God, you know, to be bus- to be a business owner and in- during this quarantine, this pandemic, like I would have never thought so. I'm actually glad you touched on that because it's it's interesting how so many people, especially, you know, you got your your, your, your BA from, from William Patterson, your, your associates from Brookdale, like, like you put money into your education and a lot of it, like you just said, $70,000. And isn't it scary how so many of us between high school, college, like you get all this book smarts preparation, yes, but you don't get those survival tools, like how to fill out a W2, how to, you know, what the difference is between having dependents and no dependents. It, it's it's a very scary concept. And I'm glad you, you mentioned it because that's one of those things that so many people, especially so many young kids and, and young adults now that are getting into Twitch and content creation and, and they're blowing up. They're out there just crushing mm-hmm. it and they have no idea. They have no idea the kind of protections that that they require because they're not teaching them that in school. Not at all. I mean, and I'll clarify for just those people with Brookdale and with William Patterson. When I went to Brookdale, I went for free 
because I graduated in the top 20% of wow. my high school. Wow. All right. It was a, it was a pro- well, it was a program <laughs> called NJ Stars. And I was able to get help from my church as well. So it was like Brookdale Community College was free for me. So wow. I had two years to get my stuff together. I had five semesters. Look, and I best believe I crammed them. I did six six semester, I mean, six courses, five courses, and the last three were um, four courses. So those were free. So I had two years, but obviously I was out here trying to get a part-time job, trying to, you know, mm-hmm. pay for things, pay for gas back and forth. When I transferred to William Patterson, that's where I had to pay. And right. that's where the summer I went, I had no one helping me in terms of like, well, Joy, maybe you should apply for this grant. Maybe you should apply mm-hmm. for this. Nothing. The last minute my mom walked in and was like, maybe you should apply for Sally May. I was like, what's Sally May? <laughs> exactly. Worst decision of my gosh darn life. Ruins me. Ruins me to this day. So Sally May, a.k.a. Navi ain't, Navi won't, Navi ain't having it. Um, I had to borrow. And I went to William Patterson for five semesters, but I borrowed for four. And that alone is why I have $70,000 a debt. And I only went for, like, yep. only went for, t- oh, Jesus. So I only went from 2011 to 2013. So I'm just like, the amount of debt I incurred just to do, and it wasn't even the the prerequisites because I did all that. It was yep. just my main stuff. It's insane. And no one told, no one said anything. No one knew anything. I'm the first I'm the first person in my family, in my immediate family, but my first person in my family to like graduate college and no one had the knowledge. My parents didn't go to college. Like my, my mom did, but like, you know, it was Brookdale, same thing. And I was just kind of like, well, no one was out here looking out for us. They could, they can allow us to borrow all this money. But then, like you said, I didn't know anything about a W2 yep. until I had to go to work. I didn't know about the taxes that they were taking out. Mm-hmm. All I knew was that I can ask for this much amount of money and I can buy a laptop with it because I needed one yep. to finish school. And then, oh, I got to pay this back. All right, well, hopefully that I have a communications degree. There's going to be a job out there, right? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no, there I, is no job. And that's I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we're going into this aspect of, of that because, again, right now, your branding, your business and everything is, yes, you had some... some building blocks from your, from your academics. But at the end of the day, everything else you were just learning on your own and because of people sharing the information with you. And this just goes back to what I was saying before. Like, you know, you're going to school, you're learning all this stuff and it's like, you're checking off boxes. Oh, mom and dad, I graduated high school. What do I do now? Oh, well you go to college. Okay. I graduated college. What do I do now? Oh, I got, I get a job. And Mm -hmm. the thing about it is that that conventional level of thinking just is non-existent and yes with with the pandemic now i i always tell people the pandemic even though it 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 crippled so many things it also revealed a lot of inefficiencies yes yes i was i was talking to my parents about that too um in which i'm grateful for the job that i've i've had or i have um during all of this i'm currently furloughed And I was talking to my parents and I was like, not to put my parents on the spot, but just being like, guys, when was the last time you actually had to fill out a job application? 
Yep. When was the last time you had to worry about your health insurance? Yep. Like none of us are going to doctors. I mean, well, I wasn't. I was sitting at home, like trying to make sure I don't go outside. But I was like, when's the last time you had to really worry about these things? Mm-hmm. Because you're not paying student loan debt. Yep. I mean, my dad's name is, you know, he's a co-signer. But for the most part, I was like, I'm paying those things. And by goodness, it's getting more expensive than I, when I don't have a job. Right. They were, they were raising the prices of my payments. And I'm like, you see I'm furloughed, right? You see I'm not currently working. You're like, well, we can we can shave $5 off. I'm like, are you oh, serious? Man. Are you serious? Like, no. So having this time, like you said, it did reveal a lot where this was something that I thought about in the courses of all of the terrible jobs I've had prior to 2020. Um, all of the terrible jobs I've had, I always thought if I did have the time, if I was able to be fortunate to take a year off or something, Mm -hmm. what would I be doing? Right. Like, how would I spend it? And, you know, pandemic, kofefe, whatever you want to call this thing, COVID came out and I was like, well, I'm sending my booty home. Like, I'm not, but what do you do? And I'm like, I have all these video games and now I can just, I can figure out what does make me happy. And I tried to use that time as best as possible. No, and, and I think that that's a big, it, it's a big reason why I wanted to really share your story because you took your adversity and you molded it into something that brings you, no pun intended, joy. Yeah. So the, the thing about it is you're, you're sitting here, you're on this journey, you're, you're doing Twitch. I mean, you know, you became Twitch affiliate. Uh, roughly two years ago. Yes, which so, is crazy. So, but think about that. You you became an affiliate two years ago. You were still grinding and sharing and and playing video games just for the love of it. For for you know you were playing you were playing it for for the hell of it, and you weren't looking at the long tail benefit of oh I'm going to get paid off of this. You're like you know I'm good at this. I I have a great sparkling personality. I I bring people. Uh, entertainment and happiness. I'm just going to run with it. And here you are, you know, fast forward two years later and you got a nice following. You uh, have a consistent schedule. And more yeah. importantly, you're you're just continuing to build the brand around what matters most, which is yourself. Yes. And, and I want to say that without it sounding conceited or anything, it's the Joy Infinity brand was literally because I felt like my entire life I was told that it wasn't okay to be me. Mm-hmm. And this is insert <laughs> cue the tears. But when from a child, as in a, if y'all don't know who I am or you've never seen me before, I am a black woman, a young black woman, and I have black parents. And if you can't tell by my voice, and um I was told my entire life, like, shut up. You talk too much. Oh my God. You're, you're too happy to be here. Like everything that made me who I was, was a weakness in corporate was a weakness in school. I Mm -hmm. should say like I had friends. It wasn't about like me not having friends or anything, but when it came to my likes, I was a tomboy kind of still am. Um, I loved video games. I loved reading. I liked you know, getting my work done. I was on the honor roll all the time. I loved yep. me. I love music. I played the drums. I played violin. Like, thank you. Shout out to um, my middle school. But, um, 
the charter school. But uh, all the things that made me my authentic self as I grew older made me different and made me a target from people in my own community being like, you know, insert, oh, she white. She thinks she white. Oh, she thinks she this. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. She's stuck up. So all my all my life, I was like, well, why can't I just be myself and like video games? I'm not being in any competition with anyone. So learning that through William Patterson, I was thinking like, well, what can I do? Like, what am I good at? Because I'm not good at math. I'm not good at, you know, science. Like I'm not good at those things. And all those things, people like my parents wanted me to be a nurse. I'm like, I would hurt someone if I was a nurse. Are you serious? Like the closest I'll ever be a nurse is nurse joy for, from Pokemon. Like I'm not, and I'm going to cosplay and not know anything about nursing. Right. So that pivotal moment when I switched majors from being a Japanese language concentration to communications was me reaching out to my friends being like, well, guys, what, what am I good at? Like, what's something that I am naturally good at that I could actually make a career out of? And my friends were like, well, you know how to talk. Can't you do that? And then of course, I don't want to, I don't want to name that reality show, but I was like, if I could just get paid to breathe, that could be my career. Like, how do how do people get paid to just be themselves? And all these reality shows popped uh-huh. up. I'm like, well, what if communications? Like, that's a thing, right? Yep. Maybe it can be on TV or do something. And of course, finding those channels. And I feel like Twitch is the most authentic way to see me. And I'll go on tangents for minutes at a time before actually playing the video game. But it's you can see me. I reveal a lot of, of my life and myself to anyone. And I just I hope that if it's an example for anyone that you can do it and you can be yourself and you don't have to be me. But Joy Infinity was the whole the whole core of like I can actually be myself and it's not wrong. Well, it's not know, a weakness. And I'm 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 glad that we're touching on that because you know when you started your podcast you talked about that in 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 your sixth episode uh, oh in bitter you did roots. research sir oh yeah, my god yeah, and bitter <laughs> i want to talk about bitter roots and i want to talk about self-care and i think um being being a person of of color myself i think that one of the toughest things is that when we were growing up and even you being younger than me it's like being a nerd wasn't cool Mm-hmm. And and now all of a sudden it's cool, you, you know, like like now there's, you know, uh, black anime groups and yes. all this stuff. But you know what the problem is? And you you can you can attest to this being younger. Also, there's still toxicity in there within our own people. Oh, completely. And, and the thing about it is that people are quick to say, oh, well, you know, it's cool. I like video games, too. But. Or I like anime also, but there'll also be the same people that say, hey, you know, you shouldn't cosplay that person because they're not black. And and I think that mm. that's the it, it, I almost want to say that it's gatekeeping, but it's not it is. because it's our own people. It It is still gatekeeping. You think so? But it's okay. also funny because having the experience of what you're saying, it's so funny. The same people that say that I'm like. You do realize we're all cosplaying a Japanese character, right? <laughs> you're, you're telling me I can't dress up like, I don't know, Riku from Final Fantasy X-2, who has blonde hair and she wears a bikini or whatever. Let's say I ever have, but I'm like, how? why are we sitting here arguing about what I can't and can't do? You didn't make up the video game. 
Right. You don't care. Like you, you just want to have something to say, which is upsetting because you're not spreading positivity. You're just being a bully. And I've had that where I've liked anime and I would have certain <laughs> white people be like, oh, well, you, you should, you shouldn't watch that. You should watch this. Oh, well, you can't watch that. You won't get it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, but you're not people even want you to check off boxes either. What do you do? And then of course they'll, they'll, they'll pull out the, oh, well, I took classes in Japan and I took <laughs> Japanese and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, but you're still not though. At the end you're of right. the day, you are someone that admires the culture just as much as I do. Right. There is no you know, point system for you did all of your, you know, brown nosing ahead of time. Like we're all at different ages. And to say being a, being a woman in this stuff is a catch 22. Well, that leads me to my next question. You know, talk to me about representation in the streaming space, especially now that you've been in the streaming space for, for, you know, almost four years now. Tell me, tell me where what are what are some misnomers or some 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 fallacies with regards to to being a woman or a person of color in this space and what are some truths it has been a journey um i am so grateful to be a part of a community called black girl gamers now when i mentioned i went to playstation experience in 2015 i went by myself and well 2015 and 2016 i went by myself but in 2015 i made a friend who was also a black girl from California because that's where PlayStation experience usually happens in California. So I went and I didn't have a community. I didn't have friends that were black women to go with and to talk to. So after I came back from um, PlayStation experience 2015, I was like, well, I should find, I mean, we exist, right? Like we exist black girls. I mean, I exist. So there should be other black women that, and, and this is not to just say, I need to just have black women friends. I don't care who you are, male, female, you know, non-binary, uh, gender non-conforming. I'm like, I just want to speak to people that are going to bring positivity to the space. And I don't care what game, if, whether you like PlayStation, Nintendo, Xbox, insert game here. If you can have fun, that's the whole point. So I found Black Girl Gamers in November of 2016. And I was just, you know, seeing other people, seeing other women being like, oh my God, I like this game. I like this game. And that was before I started streaming myself. I was looking to them for encouragement because I've seen some of them do it. And they were telling me about the positives and the negatives about being called out and having quote unquote men test you. Like I'm trying to play a video game. Let's say I'm playing uh, Castlevania, which I know is a classic, obviously. But they'll sit there and they'll play the game wholeheartedly. And then you'll see comments being like, well, did you play the first one? And do you know about Alucard? And do you know about this? And it's like, I didn't pay for no gosh darn test right now. <laughs> like, I just want to play the game. Right. Versus, or uh, not versus, but also... Not only am I being tested about the game, but I'm also being sexualized at the same time. Because if you were in front of the camera, Mm -hmm. you were in front of the camera. I'm not, and I don't put on makeup. I don't put on a, I mean, I put on a a costume recently because I played later daters and I was, um, I was Abuelita Alegria. Like I was out here being Grandma Joy, but I'm not, there are a lot of gorgeous women, gorgeous, um, people that stream. And a lot of the time the comments are very sexualized too. And you have to be uh, tough at this point. I'm still, I'm learning 
to be tough on, on screen now, but if you don't have people that are your moderators, people that are looking out for you, cause you're not only are you playing the game, but you're also moderating your own chat. Mm-hmm. And there have been a couple of times where I've seen some slurs in my, in my chat. And I'm like, w- I'm just playing final fantasy. Like, why yep. are you being so mean? So, or why are you sexualizing me right now while I'm playing crash bandicoot? Like, can you, can you not person right. like it's so weird. So, um, that has definitely been something that has been on my mind ever since YouTube, where if you're putting yourself out there, you're putting yourself out there out of your own volition. Like, Hey, what you put on the internet, you know, it's forever. So you should be okay with what you're doing, but that doesn't excuse the fact that people are really just out here trying to get a rise out of you. Right. So, um, being a black woman in gaming, me personally has mostly been positive, but I have seen the horror story and read the horror stories of other people that have had way more, way worse situation happen to them. And I'm just like, Oh my God, I just hope to God that never happens. And even if it does, I don't want it to destroy my, you know, anything I've ever done, or I don't want to destroy friendships or, you know, make it seem like I'm out here trying to be someone that I'm not like, it, it's just, it, it's just, you just want to enjoy <laughs> Pun intended. You just want to enjoy being who you are and playing video games. Like there's, there's no other rules to this, but like you said, there are certain people that'll either love you until you do something wrong, which, you know, what is that? Or they just want to hate on you because you're doing it and you seem like you're, you have all your stuff together and they just want to find the, the crack in your armor to be like, well, you're doing this, but so-and-so is doing this better. And it's like, okay. And I don't stream to to be in competition with anyone else. I just, I'm just doing it for me. And if you like to be here, please be respectful and, you know, carry, be about your business. So it's, it definitely has a lot to it, but for the most part, it's been very um, good for me. And, and, and I say this stumbling, but it's been good for me and it's been good to also make friends on this space, on this space. I'll say that again. <laughs> It's also been good for me to make friends on this space because I've met friends in this quarantine. I've never met them in real life, right? but they've been wonderful in terms of being positive, having fun, checking up on me. I've had many a struggle stream, shout out to Jabba-chan, and she's been someone who's been like, hey, Joy, maybe you should do this or check your mic or did you do this? And here's how you do this in OBS studio and check this out. And I've, I've had people that are trying to help me for the greater good and not just to be like, well, I helped you. So now you have to help me, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, it's been really good. And I'm, I'm blessed continuously grateful for everything. So uh, obviously now that you've, we, we've tackled the, the building of this, let, let's get into your, your, your podcasting endeavors. And the reason that I want to get into that is because it's, it was, it was new territory for you as a creator, but yes. I want to know where, where you felt you needed to be with the podcast to differentiate it from you and your stream. Yes. So back in 20, oof, back in 2016, I'm saying these things because some of these were years, some of these years were the worst years of my life. Um, I was at a very horrible job. And my friend, my co-friend, my co-worker friend, that's what I call people, my co-friend. Mm-hmm. If we've made if we made friendships at work and we're no longer working there, you're my co-friend. 
So my co-friend was the first person to be like, hey, Joy, you should listen to podcasts. And I was like, ew, podcasts? Like, I stay glued to my iPod. Why do I need to listen to people talk and I can't see them like YouTube? He's like, and this is my friend, Brian. So shout out to Brian. He's like, trust me, Joy, you're going to, you're going to love it. And I was like, all right, whatever. So I tried it and I did listen to, um, Neil deGrasse Tyson's podcast. And I was like, okay, this is cool. And then I was like, well, at the time I really liked K-pop, which that can go into a whole different world, uh, path. But I found this podcast called Chin Cha Cha, which they recently just, uh, ended the show in 2020. So I just heard two black women, one of them, a girl Davis, she is from England and the other girl, April Jackson, they're grown women. Um, she is, she was from, um, um, Kansas city, Missouri, Kansas, (laughs) Kansas city, Missouri. And, um, they were just talking about K-pop talking about and everything else in between. And I was like, wow, I can, I can literally sit here and listen to these two women, two black women for hours. I mean, their episodes were like three and a half hours long. And I was just cracking up. I was cracking up. I was crying. I was agreeing with them sitting in my chair during my eight hour shifts. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't get enough of this. And this is where that podcast bug as a fan happened. So I just loved podcasts in my own secret world. Of course I love video games, but I was like, yeah, I'm going to listen to this podcast and Jin Cha Cha and blah, blah, blah. And I started listening to other podcasts. I was like, Oh my God, this is cool too. And I kept that to myself to get me going through corporate America in terms of the different jobs I had. I would just always have one earbud in and listen to podcasts. It wasn't until I was hired as an audio engineer at Gotham Podcast Studio where I thought there was no way I was ever going to be in the podcasting world. I'm just a fan. Right. And then I was able to be an engineer and I was like, wow, this is cool. Like I get to be in this whole other world where it seems that I can actually and wholeheartedly be myself. Like I didn't have to put on a mask to come to work for the first time. And I was just like, oh my God, I can just be who I am. And, and having the leadership of uh, Mike, Matt, and Brianna during that time in 2019 when I was hired, I was like, oh my God, like I can just show up. And, and of course I'm working, I'm trying to make sure I'm the best audio engineer that I can be. Then I started to, obviously I'm engineering other people's podcasts. And I was like, okay, this is fun because I'm going to, I'm literally getting in a way, getting paid to listen to, to be introduced to all these other people I've never met before. And I've never listened to before. So I was obviously doing my job, but I was taking an interest in like, wow, these people can really come together at six o'clock in in the afternoon, six o'clock in the evening, 8.30 PM. And they just talk about everything under the sun. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. And I was like, you know what? If I ever had a podcast, like, what would I do? And I, and that's something that has always been flying around the hallways. Like, yeah, you know, you see all these people come in for the first time being first time podcasters. Like, oh, you know, I'm just, what should I do? They're asking me for advice. Like I've been here <laughs> for two, two years. I'm like, I've only been here like three months, ma'am. I don't know what to, what to tell you. Just be yourself. So be doing that job. I was watching and observing and taking notes, not because I thought I'm going to have a podcast someday for real, for real, but I was like, wow, so this is what they do. They're, they're being themselves. And this seems, you know, familiar. Like I could, maybe I can do that one day. And 
sitting down and taking notes and going through the events, the different events and seeing other people and seeing the progression of their podcast. I was like, you know what? Joy for real. Like if you did have a podcast, what would you do? And I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to have this idea. And it took me even months to even make a note, a serious note, like joy podcast ideas. And I would just start writing what I could do. And I noticed, you know, what was different from other people's that they're doing or they're not doing. And I'm like, okay, well, I know if I were to have something, maybe I would do it this way. And if I have to do something, I need to have music. I need to have this. I need to have a theme. I need to have this. So all of those months of watching other people and being a part of their journey inspired me to write what my journey could be like. And then I sat on it Mm. for months and months. I didn't even want to tell anybody my idea because I was so scared that someone was going to steal it. And I was like, I'm not, I can't tell you what it is. Cause people would ask me, joy, when are you going to have a podcast? You seem so natural. I'm like, well, I have an idea, but I don't know. And then I would go to these meetups and physical meetups. And I wouldn't say anything cause I'm, I'm working the event and I'm like, well, I have an idea in my head, but I just haven't, you know, said anything about it. I don't even know what to call it. I'm, I'm so scared. And then the meetup that changed my life. You, sir, <laughs> you, sir, introduced me to paralysis analysis. And, and of course, my girlfriend was being encouraging too. She was definitely being like, well, maybe you could do this and you should do this and you should do this. And I was like, well, I, it just seems so overwhelming. And you were like, girl, get out of that paralysis analysis. And then on top of that, you were like, I'm going to give you this assignment you need to record an episode, at least two episodes before this month is over. Like I'm going to check up on you. And I was like, oh my God, he is being (laughs) so thorough and he's being so consistent. Who is this man I've never met in my entire life? And you were like, you put me to task. You were like, look, I'm going to check up on you next month. You should have something. Just record something. You know, you got to do it. You have an idea. You have you have the tools, just do it. Like you, you've done this. You, you've been doing it for other people. Like you should just do it, go for it. And I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. And I'm telling you within the next couple of days, I was so scared and I finally recorded it and wow. <laughs> and I'm, I'm kind of on that analysis paralysis again. Now that I, I know I need to be recording more episodes, but this pandemic definitely changed my perspective on episodes that I should be recording or should be releasing. And I I definitely had a whole lineup of episodes prior that I changed because I was like, well, we need to talk about this now. So I'll, I changed up my whole episode lineup, but now I'm kind of like, I didn't record anything yet. I did record one interview, but for the most part, I haven't recorded any of my solo episodes. So I am kind of back on that analysis paralysis, but you know, I definitely am putting myself the task, like joy, you need to just sit down and whatever it's going to be, you can obviously edit, you can do, you can turn it into something, just do it though, just record. Well, I noticed you were doing, you were doing the seasons, which is a great way to approach it. I, I, you know, Mm. people, people that are doing seasons that kind of get into those little creative ruts, you just need to recharge. So think of it this way. Think of Hey, you know, season one is going to be 13 episodes. Then I'm going to take a one month break. And then season two is the season premiere. And then it's a whole bunch of new topics. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think, I think maybe seasonal might be the approach for you since you already have that seasoning, that season numbering 
going on in your podcast currently. Mm. I think I think it, it might be a great approach. It, everybody everybody's workflow is a little different, but in with regards to just preparation and and kind of getting out of your own way, sometimes sometimes you need that disconnect to recharge. Plus, it's a good way to just build up the the excitement for the season premiere of the next show. Yes, and I know I was kind of I kind of want to thank Michelle Obama because at the same time that I was doing all this stuff and still editing, she released her podcast, the yep. Michelle Obama podcast. So I was like, oh my God, it's like the Joy Affinity podcast where <laughs> she's talking to her friends and she's, you know, touching on so many different topics. And she put out 10 episodes, just like how I put out 10 episodes. So I'm kind of like, well, I haven't heard anything about Michelle Obama's podcast in the last couple months either. So I shouldn't be rushing myself <laughs> <laughs> because whenever Michelle Obama comes out with a, with her episodes, you, I need to be prepared so that I can release my episodes, like in a, in a way. Michelle Obama is your spirit animal for this for this adventure. In a way, she's 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 my she's my podcast goddess in terms of like because you are the god. You're the one that like literally told me, look, look, do this. But having Michelle Obama do it too because it was her first venture into podcasting. I was like, wow, I am doing something right because if she's doing this and she did ten episodes, like how I did ten episodes, okay. Maybe, you know, next time I need to do something and, you know, maybe it'll come out at the same time as hers. I, I don't know. I just felt like I'm on the right path. But like you said, once I got so caught up with all the other stuff of the business, I was like, okay, I know I, the main thing is now that I'm an LLC, I need to figure out how to pay taxes because I don't want to owe the IRS, not a gosh darn thing. Nope. So that was the thing that was scariest to me because my entire working life. I spend January sulking and being upset about tax season. Right. And then February, the first week of February, I pay my taxes. I suck it up and I pay the taxes. This time, because I am an LLC and, of course, I was working, I have my W-2 and stuff, I actually hired um, wonderful black women who are tax accountants to help me. And they, and they did, they took their time. They did the due diligence to make sure that my taxes were good. Like they weren't just being like, all right, we just need this check and whatever. Like they, they did, you know, walk through it with me, the QuickBooks thing, like making sure I had QuickBooks and, you know, looking through and I'm again, business stuff, but I didn't know any of that stuff. So now that I have that giant stone out of my way, I do want to focus back on the podcast and record episodes while I'm still here to do so. And what was the what was the business that helped you with your taxes? Just so we could pay it forward and give them some love. Yes, of course. I definitely want to make sure that they are shouted out to the most high because they were and they're sisters. They're really, really nice. They're really kind. They are in Union, New Jersey. They are. I'm just making sure that I can get to their. Um, that way we can I can put it in the show notes and share it with the listeners also. Yes, of course. I'm like I want to make sure that I'm having the right people here. Um, this is, where are they? It's, um, tax to, uh, okay. So their business is tax lady two and it's union County LLC. So tax lady Two union County LLC. They're in union County, New Jersey. And I, because my business is, um, uh, situated in New Jersey, joint Finney LLC. I was like, well, I'm going to make sure I find women in New Jersey specifically black women in New sorry specifically black women in New Jersey to you know support back black to support black business I feel like that's going to be a whole sentence but 
I want to make sure that, especially with everything that was going on in 2020, that I wanted to support black businesses and mean it, put my money where my mouth was, not just, well, I don't see anybody out here. No, I'm part of a group on Facebook called Black Owned New Jersey. So there was no excuse for me to not find black people that could prepare your taxes. Like black people can do a ton of things. Like it's, it's not just about, you know, the stereotypical stuff. So tax lady two union County number two or T O O. Um, the number two on Instagram, they're tax lady two, the number two U C. So, um, uniform, uh, got them. Yeah. Like uniform, something else, but, uh, C is in Charlie, uniform Charlie. I'm like, I should know this. But um, tax lady U is in the number. Man, I keep doing this. Tax lady two is in the number two. U is in uniform. C is in Charlie. They're on Instagram. I follow them on Instagram. And um, they were wonderful women who called me anytime. They were like, hey, I have a question about this. Oh, hey, um, before you have this form, do you have that form? Like they were really, really helpful and made sure that I got the most of my return, especially me being a first time small business owner. I was like, well, you know, I don't know the first thing about any of this. So, uh, yeah, they're really wonderful ladies. So, and you ended up using QuickBooks to, uh, to track all your expenses and all your stuff, right? Yes. And that was something that my silly self, I paid for QuickBooks in November because they suggested like, you'd probably need to do this. And I was like, okay, I'll pay for QuickBooks, but I never logged into it. So I'm spending all this money and for QuickBooks and not using it. And then there were like, just like you, they were checking up on me being like, Hey, Joy, you know, did you, you know, go through your receipts? Did you reconcile things? Like what's going on? And I was like, Oh my God, I need to do that. So I took three days to like go through all of the transactions from all of my banks that I had connected to QuickBooks online. Cause I didn't pay for the, the software separately. I'm using it online. and I was like, oh, I'm paying for this because my whole thing was I have to write down every receipt, everything I've ever spent money on. And they were like, well, you have QuickBooks for that. Duh. And I was like, they didn't say it like that, obviously, but <laughs> they were like, you have QuickBooks. That's that's why you're paying for it. And I was like, oh, my God. So, um, yeah, I just gave there's an option in QuickBooks online. You can give your accountant access to your stuff. And they did warn me ahead of time. Like, you know, there are some people that are very peculiar about their, I mean, it's your banking stuff. It's right, your, of course. What, what you spend your money on. So she was like, I'm going to ask you some personal questions. And if you don't feel comfortable, definitely, definitely let me know. But this is what you spent your money on. So you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't be surprised. And I'm like, yeah, I know I'm not, I'm not doing anything inappropriate. So or you were putting all your, you were putting all your expenses through QuickBooks, meaning like your, your host, your, um, your cable, you know, your, your broadband and all your stuff was going through QuickBooks at the time, right? Well, with my bank situations, yes, because I had to, you know, there, I have, I had multiple bank accounts that are, that I put through QuickBooks and I had to reconcile, well, what's this one for? What's that one for? Because sometimes it comes up and sometimes it it didn't. I had to like, you know, self-identify, well, this was for my internet. This was for you know, um, something I did cause I did a lot of, I did a couple panels too, being on Twitch and having really? the community. Yeah. I was, I was actually on a couple panels, which oh, was look at really you. awesome. 
looking back on, in the summer of 2020, like I actually did a couple panels and I got paid for one. And I was really surprised because normally it's like you're on a panel. You said your opinion back. Like yep. your, your payment is exposure basically. So, um, there were certain things I had to reconcile and she was just like, yeah, just make sure you do that. And then you give me access to it and then I'll help you to make sure that this is what it is. And this is what you're saying. And that this is, you know, everything here you're consenting to, and then it is the truth. And yeah, then she took care of it within a day or two. And she was like, you're good. This is how much it is. Bam. Um, this is how much you're getting back. This is how much your the pay is and you know, how much you have to pay and blah, blah, blah. And you're good. That's outstanding. So, yeah, it was just really nice. It's just, I just forgot about QuickBooks because I thought I had to do it through an Excel spreadsheet. And then they were like, and, and then my, and then <laughs> my girlfriend was like, don't you pay for QuickBooks? And I was like, oh yeah. So, you know, that was something that I had to learn for the first time. And of course, because I don't know anything about the business part, I was so scared. You know, if it's something that's unknown to me, I get scared. Yep. But once I did it, I was like, oh, that wasn't so bad. That was, that was pretty good. And I'm happy that I didn't have to use TurboTax, you know, and like how the years I've been working, I always just did TurboTax by myself. And right. to have, you know, two wonderful women stand up for me and be like, well, no, we're going to do your taxes. Make sure that you aren't, you know, Uncle Sam is going to come for you um, was a, a, a blessing and a, a relief. So that that helped me a heck of a lot. Oh, goodness. Oh, the trials. <laughs> I, I um. <laughs> I want to circle back a little bit to, to hmm. the podcast because I know you were you were saying that you had um, started working as an audio engineer. Now, when you when you took that job, were you already did you already have an, a background in audio engineering based on your on your college work? Yes, mostly because when I switched to the um, communications broadcast journalism. William Patterson has a program. I mean, I don't know how it is now in, you know, 2021, but back in 2011, that major consisted of learning different uh, perspectives or different avenues of communication. So I learned audio. Wow. Okay. I, I learned. So it wasn't just television. It was television. It was audio. It was radio. And they introduced me to audacity. They introduced me to um, different programs that back in that time, they're like, you got to know this. Um, they taught us, Hey, have you ever done a blog before? Open up a, open up a, um, a, um, Tumblr. That was part of the, that was, those were assignments for me. Wow. Open up a Tumblr, make five pod, like pods, make five blog posts, audacity. Have you ever heard of a podcast? Make an audio recording, chop it up. Outstanding. Yeah. So they had, and again, so shout out to that part because I didn't know the first thing. So I at least had experience or was exposed to audio engineering of some kind. Right. But other than that, I wasn't really using it in my real life, my other life, my real life. Mm -hmm. I wasn't using it in my other life because I had to study for other stuff. And then, you know, once I got into the corporate world and working, like no one even asked me about that stuff. Right. It, it was honestly just talking to, shout out to Raul, just talking about how I'd learned all this stuff in college, but I never can use it anywhere was something that he was like, hey, you got a resume? And I was like, yeah. Um, but honestly, 
learning about that stuff in, in college and having the tools, like I learned about, not only did I learn about audio engineering, but I learned about video editing because I had to do right. two documentaries. So before I graduated William Patterson, I had to do two documentaries and one of, and my last one was a capstone. I had to do a five minute documentary and a 10 minute documentary. And how was I supposed to do that? Like, <laughs> I've never done a documentary in my life, but I had the teachers to tell me the counselors and, you know, Google and YouTube <laughs> saved my life. So honestly, even when I graduated, it's through the, through the internet gods of Google and YouTube that got me to want to take this into a creative space where it wasn't just doing it for a, a company or doing it for someone. It was really just learning it myself. And applying it to what makes me happy. And video games was the the core of that. It was like, if I can be myself and play video games, then, and somehow find a way to get paid for that, that's, that's amazing. So that's why I just figured, well, audio engineering, like editing audio was really fun for me, just doing it for the assignments that I had to do. But then of course the concentration was broadcast journalism. So it, it took me away from audio and it put me more into, you're going to be a anchor. You're going to be someone that's going to be an intern for Eyewitness News or NBC. And you have to know how to be camera ready. You have to know how to do this and you have to know how to do that. To the point where I also was on a talk show at school. I was on a collegiate talk show program called The Roundabout, where it was me and three other hosts. And we were on TV. We were on our college TV and we won an award for being on camera. Wow. And Basically being a college version of The View. That's what it was. Oh, that's and, awesome. And if you go to William Patterson, you can see my my photo is there with the women. So it's not like it didn't happen. It totally did. Um, but that's where I got my training to at least know how to conduct myself in this communications world. And again, I that was 2013. To finally be able to sit in 2020 slash 2021 to finally feel comfortable doing this on my own and obviously not completely on my own, but having support like you and support like my girlfriend and my friends and even my family. Like some of my cousins were like, Oh, I saw you do that thing on YouTube. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you see me? So it, it definitely has been a journey that I could have obviously never predicted, but it's, it's a blessing to finally do something that I want to do. And it's fun and no one's pressuring me and no one's telling me how to do this and do that. And it's just so cool that it's my name and my face and people actually like it. Tell me, <laughs> it's tell, awesome. Tell me a little bit about the, uh, the Korean pop music flash mob that you did. <laughs> Why do you know about that? Oh my God. <laughs> so that was again, another time where I was sad in college. Um, I just transferred to William Patterson and I didn't have any friends and I, got into Korean pop music back in like 2008, 2000 and yeah, 2008, 2009 or no, two, okay. 2000. I'm saying this because I'm a K-pop vet and I don't want anyone to be like, well, she doesn't know what she's talking about. <laughs> so basically 2007, I knew about K-pop. So I don't want to hear any, all this, well, you don't know such and such. And my favorite girl band, my favorite girl group of all time, Korean girl group is girls generation. Sonia Shide. And I was like, I saw so many people do these flash mobs. And I was like, oh my God, 
they need to come to New York City. We have Madison Square Garden. Like, are you kidding? And this was a time where they weren't coming over to America unless it was for something really, really big. Right. So I was like, you know what? In order, and this was probably my first real life prior to, you know, uh, streaming, talking to strangers, which is really dangerous, talking to strangers to meet me in New York in public to do a dance <laughs> that we're all learning together. So I had a group of friends who we all liked K-pop together and we put together, well, I couldn't, I didn't put together the choreography. Someone else did that, but, um, she was awesome. Her name was Danielle. Her name is Danielle. Um, not like anyone's not alive, but, <laughs> um, we put together the choreography of what we wanted to say or what we wanted to put in the dance. And then we, she recorded it and put it on YouTube. And then I created the Facebook group. We want a SM town NYC. And that was basically, we wanted a concert in New York city. We need to promote this so that other people, I'm sure I can't, we can't be the only people that feel this way. So we made the group, made the song. We, they recorded the song. We put the, we did a smash up again. This is, I didn't do, I didn't do the song. Right. I didn't do the video stuff. Those were my friends. They did that stuff. Um, I was just the one that made the Facebook group and I was like, yeah, you know, we're going to do this. And then we all collectively were like, all right, we should do it at this park. We should do it at this place. And we did a trial run, um, in the, what is it in central park? We did it in Central Park. Well, I'm sorry. That wasn't a trial run. See, I'm getting it all mixed up because it was so long ago. Wow, you brought this up. Um, <laughs> we did it early because a Korean television station saw our Facebook group. So they were like, we want to record you guys early. So they recorded us in Central Park. But the main goal was to record ourselves in Times Square. And we did that. So me... Being 21 years old, freshly 21 years old, gathered a bunch of preteens oh, and their parents, <laughs> which scared the entire soul out of me because I was like, dear God, if any of these kids get approached or, you know, kidnapped, like it's on me. Right. They know my name. Like, it's not like, oh, Joy from the Internet. It's oh, I put my whole name out there, like Joy Nickens. Hey, and then the kids would be like, hey, I told my parents I'm meeting you and blah, 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 such and such. So I was giving out my number, my oh, cell phone man. number. Look, if y'all need anything, you need me to beat up somebody. New York is crazy. <laughs> I'm a Jersey girl, but I will I will throw some fisticuffs. So I had my all my friends when we all went, we walked. And this is how Jersey I am. I didn't trust the subways and I still don't. We walked from Madison Square Garden to Times Square. In the hot sun, we walked those blocks and got out the boom box and just did it. Wow. Yeah. And we recorded it and people looked at us weird. And regardless of whether you knew the dance or not, you was out there and we <laughs> celebrated and we cheered. And I was like, that is the biggest accomplishment I will ever do in my entire life. Now, the and show the that picked that up, was that a style for you? What happened? The show that picked that up. Was that the uh, the style for you show? No, 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 no. It was a different. It was I think it was KBS. Okay, like Korean broad. It was one of them. It wasn't a style for you. That was later. That was for um. Oh my gosh, a style for you. That might have been when I was doing Ninja. <laughs> I was I did the Ninja restaurant. 
interview. Wait, but was it a style for you? Because look, you got the <laughs> you got the notes. Oh my god! If it was a style for you, I'm so sorry, but I don't think it was. <laughs> I, I think a style for you was for um the Ninja Restaurant. Okay. But it was so long ago. I'm so sorry. That's all um, right. I, I just wanted to, uh, you know, show prep and things jump out and, you know, seeing stuff on your LinkedIn. And I was like, all right, I want to ask her about this and this. So shoot, let me go. Cause I know <laughs> I, I know I saved those things. I saved those things for myself. Cause I was like, well, I need to make sure that I do keep that. Um, it's all good. Don't, my no, no worries. You're not, you're not on the, you're not on the hook for it. It's all good. <laughs> I'm like, where was this thing? It was, oh yeah. Yep. Wait. Yeah. A style for you was um, from uh, the ninja thing, the K-pop flash mob thing. That was through Music Bank. Ah, okay. That was a, a music show that they still have. I'm sure they still have it in South Korea, but they were the one. They were there too to record that. So it was just they were they helped record us twice. They were like, "Well, you're gonna we're gonna have you in Central Park, and then of course we're gonna record you again in Times Square because you know." We need to do that because back then it was so crazy seeing a multitude of ethnicities dancing to Korean pop music. <laughs> and of course, they're like, do you know what they're saying? And I'm like, no, but <laughs> I'm listening to I'm listening to music in Spanish. You don't ask me if I understand what Daddy Yankee says. Like, this is true. I just know about some gasolina. I don't know what he's saying, but it's <laughs> it's fire. <laughs> like That junk is hot. I barely knew mumbo number five. Like I. Like, you don't ask me about the languages. You just know that the beat is amazing. And you know through the language of music that it's it's heartfelt, it's fun, it's dangerous, it's, it's crazy. Universal. It's universal. So I thought the flash mob was like the biggest thing that I would ever do in my career. And then months later, they actually had a concert that I went to. Like, they had an SM town. That's pretty cool. That's a hell of a way to bring it full circle. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh my God, like this is, they did it. They actually did it. And of course, my favorite girl group, Girls Generation, I was like, obviously now I need to meet them. I need to meet them. And that wouldn't happen until like a year or two later where I actually got to meet them because they had a concert. Oh, oh my God. Did you hear that or no? No, I did not. Okay. Okay. I'm so sorry. It was OBS. OBS did something. Someone followed me on Twitch. And because I'm using OBS, it pops up in the OBS. <laughs> oh, well, that's <laughs> so just, fine. Yeah, I, I didn't get nothing here. So you're good. You're safe. Okay, thank God. Oh, because I was like, it just got really loud. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Um, Jesus, I'm so sorry. Um, but I actually got to meet Girls Generation because they had a concert in New York City. Like they had their own separate concert. And I was like, oh, my God, I need to meet them. And I got to meet them because they had, I'm sorry, they had an album, The Boys, that came, they, their, their titled album is called The Boys, and they had a meet and greet. And I almost didn't do it because that required me to drive into the city at four o'clock in the morning wow. to have a spot held for me so that I would go back online at 12 p.m. Jeez. to wait until... 7 p.m. to meet these women and lo and behold at that time i had a whole fiance and he was like yeah you we're gonna we're gonna do this right because you love them and i did and i got to meet eight out of the nine women wow of girls generation one of them had another obligation um in south korea but i got to meet them and i cried <laughs> like a baby one of the best 
things of my life was to be able to go up to them and be like, your music changed my life. Like I did a flash mob because of you. Like it, it's to be able to have that experience with an artist of a musical artist who again, and they know English too, but that was like, if me doing this on the internet gets things done, I need to do more of this. So Girls Generation, oh my God, I never thought I would talk about K-pop on this yeah, <laughs> on this recording. Yeah, you see, you see how it goes. Well, you know, it's good too because that's a that's a great segue into into our um our Q and A, which is the hot seat. Uh, it's going to be yes. rapid fire questions. Uh, some of the stuff is going to be stuff you're into, stuff that uh, relates to your business, of course. A bunch of different things in between. No pressure, you know. And it, like I said, it's just going to be fun. So. I'm going to start with uh, with an easy one, and that is, what was the first video game you played? Sonic 2. Nice. That's a classic and a favorite of mine. Yeah. I feel like the, that's, the, that's the one that I can remember as early. I mean, I can, I can ask me primos, my cousins, um, Carlo and Antonio. Um, mostly Carlo, though, because Carlo was introducing me. Shout out to me, primo Carlo. Um, he introduced me to stuff when I was like three. And he is my um, my geek guru, my, my sensei in terms of all things amazingly geek. And he's a wonderful, strong, tall, kind-hearted black man. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, we, we are um, Afro-Latinx. So we have our roots in Costa Rica and, you know, Panama and Jamaica. And, of course, being here in the city in New York and New Jersey. So the first game I can remember is Sonic 2 because that was the game I got that my dad bought me, you know, from Sega Genesis. But if there was anything earlier, Carlo would probably know about it. There you go. So but but I'll go with Sonic 2. That's a that, that game yeah. is, is great. There was so much fun with that game. Uh Sega Sega's super underrated when it comes to that franchise, you know? And the music. Like, yep. like and I know I said this in my podcast, which I know I'm gonna make an episode about Sonic's music, but yep. Sonic 2's soundtrack outstanding oh my god oh the underwater <laughs> stages when he was gonna drown do, 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 do. oh it was so oh. good oh my god the i didn't know what anxiety was back then but mm-hmm. that's what it was like so yeah sonic 2 and, changed and, my life. Uh, and the music for the last stage when you fight the robot robotnik in the space station oh my god like oh, <clears throat> so good fire like it's just it's and i don't know i mean we all have it in our brains and our memories but like do we ever physically talk about it out loud no, no. Like, <laughs> Sonic, man, Sonic music. Shout out to Sega and the Sonic team. And if you all haven't played Sonic Mania, I'm not getting paid to say this, but y'all need to play Sonic Mania because that's that's the thing that we probably as fans have been waiting for to play. And that was a fan made, basically fan made game in the beginning. So if y'all haven't played Sonic Mania, y'all need to play that. I think you should do a blast from the past stream and play Sonic 2 straight for nostalgia on your on your <gasps> stream. You know what? I do have my Sega Genesis. I do have to, because I, I have for some reason like three Sega Genesis consoles in a cardboard box outside. Mm. I need to, and I feel like I might have Sonic 2, but I might have to go back to my my house for that to find Sonic 2. But if not, I could probably find Sonic well, 2. Well, they're somewhere. always discounting those Sega Genesis minis with the HDMI. They're always getting rid of those for cheap. Oh, duh. You're right. Duh. What am I doing? <laughs> duh. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I just, I need to get like a Sega, Sega mini um thingy and then display i would love to do that i I could probably do that (laughs) thank you there you go that would that would be pretty awesome so um what are three mobile apps you can't live without oh my god um 
as of right now, it's going to sound crazy, but Instagram, Twitter, and Gmail. Nice. <laughs> um, I say that because I push a lot of my business through Instagram and a lot of the opportunities that I've gotten recently, especially through this pandemic, have been through Twitter. Wow, really? I'm so serious. And I will tell you. So when it comes to me streaming, like I stream three to four hours uh, twice a week and I chop that up, I find one moment that's like a minute long and I put it on my Instagram. So I'm posting and I'm tagging the companies, I'm tagging the developers, um, the people that made the game. Like I, I try to tag them so that they can see not only did I play the game, but I also write words and I yep. tag them in the photo and showing stuff. them love. I'm showing, you know, and it's, it's free, free promotion. And it's a lot of the time it does help because there are games that I've played that people have been like curious about, or they're like, Oh, well, that was a funny moment that you had joy. That was fun. I want to play that game too. So when I was doing that, it just, you know, gets that love out there. But when it comes to community, I'm I saw and I'm seeing that a lot of the video game companies and developers, they're looking for content creators. They're looking for Twitch streamers to play their games and they will give out stream keys. They'll give out keys for you to play them. Obviously, you're going to want to stream the game. So it's like free promotion for them, free promotion for you. And most Definitely the best part about this is if, of course, you're someone that actually like legit cares and you're not just taking advantage of people. What I was blessed to do and be a part of thanks to Black Girl Gamers and also like thank God for just following people that know other people on the internet and following people that want to give content creators a chance, they will retweet, hey, so-and-so company is looking for so-and-so um, content creators to stream this game, reach out to them, DM them, do this, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, don't be a jerk. Literally be like, hey, this is who I am. I can help. Let me know if you're available. And I was blessed enough to stream or work with Team 17. Team 17 to stream uh, two of their games. And it was for free. And I've, I've still, to this, I've paid for the games though. Like, that's the thing. They'll give me the game for free obviously to like get me started and stuff, but I'll pay for the game because I believe in it so much. Right. So I've, I've worked with team 17 and they were really nice, like really, really nice. I, the one woman, her name is Lauren and she, she was from front to start to finish very helpful. And that's why I'm like, I can't not have Twitter because before I wasn't using Twitter for anything. I was like, Oh, it's, it's, it's toxic. It's terrible. But I'm learning that gaming opportunities are there on Twitter more so than ever. So Instagram, Twitter, and email, Gmail, because you got to check your emails. Like you yeah. literally need to check these emails and they will, people will message you the craziest opportunities. And if you're not checking your email, like what yep. are you doing? You know, so, sure. and make sure you have all your links on all your channels. Make sure that everyone knows what your email is, because that's the thing too. If companies can't find a way to, contact you they're gonna move on yeah. there are millions of people out here that have their stuff together so those three are my main things what's uh uh are you uh, one of your most used programs besides obs studio um on my pc yep steam <laughs> uh i'm i haven't done a lot of 
stuff on my PC, it's still new to me. Right. Because the only time I've ever touched a PC was for work purposes only. So to have this wonderful custom-made PC by Whitebox PC, I'm, I'm, I got to shout him out. Yep. Um, I don't know the full capabilities of my PC. So the most that I've done is OBS Studio. Right. But the games I'm playing that I've paid for, it's they're from Steam. And gotcha. my friends and my community, the fam, a.k.a. the Empire, they were like, Joy, I know that you're a PlayStation your PlayStation disciple, like you love your PlayStation, you love Sony. And uh, side note, I got to work for them after college. Like I got to be an intern wow. for them too. So dream awesome. come true, dream job secured, um, dream, <laughs> dream position or whatever. Like I actually got to work for my dream company, like which was lit. But um, as an intern, and in it, in it, you know, it died. But um, they were like, Joy, you need once you get a PC, you need to get a Steam account. You need to get like humble. What was a humble bumble. Yep. You need to find all these other websites because you're going to, there are so many deals out there for PC. Like, yeah, I know you want to support Sony too, but like, look, you can get the same game, like half the price. And I was like, oh my God. So Steam is the main one because I'll, I'll use, I'll play my games on OBS with the Elgato capture card and I'll play it directly on my PC from Steam. So Steam. Nice. All right. Um, What's your favorite piece of tech besides your phone or your computer? Oh my god! Oh, I have. Oh my goodness gracious! Uh, my favorite piece of tech besides my phone and my computer. I mean, my phone and my yep. phone, phone and my computer. Yep. Um, my iPad. All right, you got an iPad in the mix. Well, the thing is, I have to pay homage or pay give respect to my ipad because first of all i didn't even want it i i was like i don't even think i need an ipad and this was this was the first time i was on on this was the first time i was on unemployment where i was so sad about myself and my situation and i was like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna buy myself an ipad and i did and turns out it was wonderful because my phone at the time was so small and my you know macbook computer was so big I needed something, you know, in the middle to, I can take it anywhere. I can take it to go. And I, I've used my iPad. This is the only iPad I've ever had. I used it on my jobs recently. Like it, it, it's gone with me everywhere. And I'm so grateful to have the iPad, but it's so funny that I got the iPad on my first bout of unemployment. And then with this Panasonic pandemic, <laughs> the second expensive piece of equipment I got was a whole gaming PC. So it's just, it's just crazy. I would say my PC, but you know, right. iPad started it. Are you, are you, do you, uh, do you read on your iPad also? Or do you just use it for, for other content consumption? Um, all of it, all of it. I, I read on my iPad. Um, I do love having the physical books. Like I am also someone who, again, going back to my primos, me, mis primos, um, Antonio and Carlo, like I've gotten into reading comics. So, I like to support physically, nice. but also if I can't, I'm able to, you know, buy the book, whether it's Comixology or buying them on Apple, you know, Apple books or, right. you know, things like that. So what are you I reading? do a lot. What am I currently reading? Yep. Well, I didn't physically, I haven't physically read this, but I just finished um, Taraji P. Henson's book around the way girl. Really? But I didn't even know she had a, one. Oh my gosh, it is so good. Like it's and it's an audiobook. So I bought a bunch of audiobooks 
And then I sat on them for so long because I was, you know, running back and forth to the city and, you know, the city's so loud. I couldn't really hear, you know, the, the stuff, you know, with people in the train and then I have to like, you know, walk and all this other stuff. So the last, the last two weeks, actually, um, I just finished, what was the other book I read? I re- okay. So last, I'm sorry, two weeks ago, I finished the book, A Blade So Black. And that one is by L.L. McKinney or McKinley, L.L. McKinley. And that was a fantasy book or it is a fantasy book. And it's basically Alice in Wonderland, but Alice is black and it's amazing. So I was like, you know what? I have to continue what other audiobooks that I have that I've been sitting on. And Tarashi P. Henson's book, Around the Way Girl, I was like, oh, I definitely wanted to listen to this book. And it's I love when the audiobooks are read by the author of the book. So mm-hmm. having Taraji explain her life was just amazing and i finished it today wow okay so that book was fantastic it was it was not as you know people would think oh it's so long blah 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 so um the next book that i actually was starting was finally Issa ray's the misadventures of awkward black girl which i did watch on youtube way you know in my college days and now i finally get to listen to the book so those are the books you know that i'm trying to get rid of the audiobooks and then physically I have you know the books I have above my head right now um that I'm going to start reading so it's a journey nice <laughs> thank you what or who was something that made a big impression on you in the last year ooh um oh my gosh can I say multiple people or sure i mean you know but but there's Someone there, there has to be something impression? or you know, a, a person or persons that just sticks out for, for last year. Wow. In 2020. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's why. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a lot. Um, goodness gracious. It's, it's hard to say one person. Um, I'm going to go well, with go my with girlfriend. Or, you, go, you can go with two or, or three just to keep it a little concise, you know, small. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to shout out my girlfriend, um, Ting. Uh, her name is Ting. And she has been the cheerleader in my corner, the person that, you know, believes in me and I in her. And she was the person that was like, you know, keeping me accountable at home as well. Because, you know, back in the time where she wasn't working either because, you know, all this craziness, this chaos was happening. She was like, look, just, you know, do it and tell me what I need to do. And, you know, she was the one that's, that built this in terms of like my backgrounds and, you know, certain, um, certain things that I needed to be accountable for, you know, posting things on my social media pages, making sure that I'm on time for stuff, you know, making sure that I'm posting certain things. She was definitely someone that, kept me on my path and making sure that I was because I love routine. I'm a routine person. I need to have my routine. I need to have my scheduling and going through quarantine. There wasn't a schedule, right? So you're not having, yeah, I was just like out there. So having her, um, rein me in when I was starting to lose my mind, like, what do I do? Oh my God. I can't do this. She was like, what? Just look, this is what you should do. Just do this and then do this. And then you, you got this. And I was like, Oh, when you say it, it's simple. When I do it, I'm overthinking. Like it's <laughs> so 
I had I have her, um, my mis primos, my my gang, my squad. Um, um, I have. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna name them. I'm gonna name them <laughs> hardcore because they deserve all the love and appreciation. Um, so my cousins, uh, Carlo, um, uh, my other cousin, Antonio, um, and our friends Takia Marie and Shanae Williams, they definitely got me all the way together in terms of, you know, being authentically myself. And even I'm saying Takia and I'm saying Antonio because and Shanae, obviously, but Antonio had his own podcast and has his own podcast. And he's the one that got me into the podcasting bug as well, because he invited me on his show and he believed in me to want to have a podcast. And I will always give him credit for this. And then there was, um, again, before the, before the Kofefe, uh, Takia had a barbecue at her house and we all drove up there and I'm not going to say where she lived, but, um, we had the barbecue and then the next morning, you know, spent the night and we had a round table at her, in her kitchen talking about what if I had a podcast? And she was like, I would love to listen to you. Let me know, you know, I'm here for you, you know, giving me that encouragement and Shanae Williams and they're wonderful, talented black women. Um, Shanae Williams and Takia Marie, like wonderful, talented artists and, I've posted them on my Instagram all the time, but definitely look them up. And they were definitely the pillars of encouragement and love and patience and kindness to believe in me, to actually care about what I'm doing and to be like, no, Joy, you got this. And uh, just anyone in my Twitch community, like anyone that's ever watched me and is in my Discord, like anybody, and of course my friend Isaac that got me into it in the first place. But in the last year, it would just be all of them really. Cause they're the ones that were like, they're cheering me on. And it's not out of jealousy. It's not out of blocks, right? spite. Hmm? They were the building blocks to where you're at now. Yes. Yes. And they're, they're all, we're all, we're all black. Most of us are again, like I said, Afro Latinx. So it was having that, you know, be our, you know, building block of like, all right, look, we're all in love with geeky things. We like video games. We love video games. We love anime. We love comic books. Like, and of course they have the talent to draw and I I can't, but I'm like, what can we do to put ourselves out there? You know? So, cause I know thanks to them and they're older than me, not by a lot, but they're older than me. And I would look to them and I'm like, you are literally the dream because there was so much animosity about, well, black women, you need to grow up. Like after, after 20, like you need to stop playing video games. You need to go find a husband and you need to go have babies and you don't, you don't have time to play video games. You got to be a wife. And I'm like, what, where's the contract for that? (laughs) I didn't sign no contract out of my mom's womb that I had to be someone's wife. Like where was, I have to stop loving video games at age 16. Like why? And I was, we would have these conversations with each other, like, wow, like, and I would tell them, you're literally what I thought I could never be. Like, you're grown, fine women, loving what you do, living in your truth. And I just never thought that could happen. And they were just be like, no, Joy, you totally got this. And of course, like, we're just doing what we love. And I'm like, oh, so yeah, 2020 was definitely a, a bout of craziness. But yeah, it was them, all of them that got me through. 
girlfriend and my cousins and and they're basically my cousins too, Takia and um Shanae. But yeah, they they're the ones that really got me through this. That is outstanding. What is uh one website you recommend to people often? Ooh. Um I would say Linktree because the thing about being a content creator, you have to be on all these platforms. And of course, you not you just don't have one thing. You don't just have a Facebook. You got Instagram, you got Twitter, you got Twitch, you got TikTok now, which I I haven't even tackled that crazy app. <laughs> you have your YouTube, you got your this and you got your that. And I'm like, tick um Linktree was something that was recommended to me while I was at my um, audio engineering job because you need a space. If you couldn't afford a website, you need a space to have all your links. True. And I know that there are other websites that are doing this now, but I still have a Linktree, so I'm just going to push Linktree. Um, gotcha. But that was the the one thing that I always thought about. Like, well, I have all these social media links and I have to, you know, if you want to see me on Instagram, here's that. If you want to see me on, like, I have the same name for everything. If you have the space, just put my name in. <laughs> but nowadays I could just be like, Hey, look at the link in my bio and you can just list those links on one area. So I, I just say, if you don't have a link tree, definitely have that. What's, um, what's a game that you're playing that you haven't streamed yet to the general public? I just, oh man, because you got me at a good time. Because usually I don't be doing nothing. Uh, <laughs> um, usually, the only games I play is just on stream. But recently, I just beat Dishonored Two, oh, and wow. I, which you know I've had sitting forever on my PlayStation Four, and I was like, I got to beat this game. I got to beat this game. Come on, Joy, like you, you, you got to beat this game. So, um, and because. In the beginning of quarantine, I wanted to play video games that were female-led. So I already played Dishonored before, like in a while back. I know that's not female-led. But I started that game. But Dishonored 2 is female-led. So I was like, okay, okay I'm going to play Dishonored 2. And then Dishonored Death of the Outsider has a main black woman on the cover. I'm like, that's the main character. Her name is Megan Foster, but then her other name is um, Billy. And I'm not going to go more into that, but I just started that game today where I was like, I need to, I want to play more video games that are female led. And then after that game, I'm playing shadow of the tomb Raider All right, because that's another game I've been sitting on for umpteenth years and then just never played it. So, you know, I wanted to have those games, you know, cause I I have so many games I'm hoarding and I'm sitting on the backlog is ridiculous. And I was like, you know what? I got to play more games offline than how I do online. So, yep, those are my games. So Dishonored 2 is what I beat, and I just started uh, Death of the Outsider Dishonored uh, today. Nice. What's, uh, what's, what's an item you purchased recently that's less than $100 that's made your life easier or just more enjoyable? Wow. Oh, my gosh. Um, What's something that I've purchased recently that's made my life Easier, easier. Or more enjoyable, and it's got to be less than a hundred bucks. It could be a game, it could be a book, mm. it could be food because I know you like yourself some good food. <laughs> oh, you you know my tourist loving self. I love me some food. 
Um, what I recently bought that was less than a hundred dollars. I'm so I'm so funny. So Old Navy, shout out to Old Navy, which I never thought I'd say that ever in life. Agreed. But Old Navy, <laughs> Old Navy has some banging properties on their website, and I recently just received PlayStation pajamas. Oh like, man! Yes. Oh, if y'all go on Old Navy, I'm sure that maybe it might be oh, like sold out by now. But I bought my girlfriend and I PlayStation. It's 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 really I made them into pajamas. But in the section that you're gonna find, it's in the male section. But because we're small ladies, like we can fit like anything. We can fit kids' clothes, and I can fit like small. We can fit small men's clothes. So the PlayStation pajamas, which is something I've always wanted my entire life. I've always wanted PlayStation apparel. Uh, Old Navy has PlayStation pajama pants, and then they have PlayStation uh, long sleeve shirts. So I bought us both two different orders, um, the same outfit so that we can wear them <laughs> to bed together <laughs> so that thing i was so excited because my my purchase came today and i also bought her a um this was less than a hundred dollars i bought her the super mario 3 hoodie from old navy as well i saw that i actually saw that in an ad and i was like really yes and i was shocked because i was like oh my god like when did old navy get like Seriously. this popping it's crazy so um, I bought us the pajamas. I'm saying in quotations, but the pajamas and I bought her um, a hoodie and I bought her Nintendo socks. So it's like one of the socks is uh, Donkey Kong and the other socks was uh, Mario, like old school 89 Mario. So nice. those things made her happy and it made me happy. So, yeah, that was less than $100. Awesome. Um, you know, we we talked about the tech. Of course, we got to talk about toys. Uh, hmm. What are some toys or collectibles you're obsessing about right now? Oh, my God. Look, I got this for Christmas from my girlfriend, from my BB. She bought me this Mega Constructs, which I never heard of because I love Legos. Like, I, I would always build Legos and I have no problem doing them by myself. But for Christmas, she got me the mega constructs of the Pokemon Eevee. Oh, and I've seen that. Yeah. So I will show you. I mean, you guys can't see it because it's a podcast, but this thing is amazing. Yeah. I'll put it in the show notes though. Don't worry about it. We were building it last week and <laughs> Eevee is my favorite Pokemon. And because Eevee, I don't, I never want to evolve Eevee ever because like Eevee definitely, she reminds me of me. He, she, whatever gender you're going to have your Eevee. Yep. But Eevee reminds me of me. You can be whatever you want. You, I can, I can, I can have fire. I can be, I can be chill with, with grass. I can be chilled with, you know, ice. Like she has so many evolutions, but I find that her most perfect form is who she is. Yep. Nice and plain little, chihu yeah. little chihuahua looking Pokemon. That's what I always she, say. She's adorable. And it reminds me of me. I'm small. Like I'm a little, like I can talk forever, clearly. And I just I just loved how Evie was. And also it was the the first I can't say that, but my grandfather, may his soul rest in peace, uh, he bought me an Eevee plushie. That was like the first Pokemon thing he ever purchased for me. Right. And that was before I even knew if Eevee was my favorite, but he bought it for me and I still have it sitting up here 
And I always looked at it like, oh, my grandfather took the time to buy me something back when I was in fourth grade. Like, that's so cool. And she just ended up being my favorite Pokemon of all time. So um, she bought me this Mega Constructs, and we're going to work on it on the weekend. We have to work on the legs and the tail. But we finished the head portion and the body portion of Eevee. And it's just so exciting to look at. Oh, my gosh. It's so cool. Now, of course, we we talked about what you're obsessing about. Now, what was your favorite toy when you were a kid? <sighs> oh, these are the best questions in my entire life. <laughs> um, my favorite toy was... Oh, my God. Can I say two? Sure. Okay. So my first toy, favorite toy, was the Tiger Talk Boy. Oh, man, I remember that from Home Alone. And but the thing was, my brother was obsessed with Home Alone 2 lost in New York. And that was my first like, oh, this is what New York is like. That's scary. Uh, (laughs) I need to have a talk boy to make sure that I can manipulate bad men from trying to kidnap me. (laughs) So my mom and dad bought me a talk boy for Christmas and I would record every anime ending that i could find on tv and i would record it on the on the cassette tape (laughs) and i would listen to it (laughs) so um the talk boy was like my favorite thing of all because i wasn't using it to spy on people like ew gross i just wanted to record inuyasha and like g gundam the (laughs) ending songs because they were so epic and that ties into my second favorite toy of all time was the shining gundam from g gundam I would go home because I went to a charter school, shout out to my charter school, repping charter school. And I would get off from school at like four o'clock. So by the time I got home and got to watch cartoons on um, Cartoon Network, it was usually, you know, Toonami, which y'all, y'all should know about Toonami. And they would have Gundam Wing, depending on what kind of block it was. But I loved G Gundam where it was like, shining Gundam and they had all these people and from all these countries. And it was like, Oh, you have the the Gundam from China, the Gundam from Mexico, the Gundam from America and the Gundam from Japan, obviously. And I was so obsessed with, um, Domon Kashu being like shining finger. (laughs) Like this head is burning red and burning. Like it was all this crazy screaming. And I was like, I need to have this toy. And I found it at a toy store that's no longer existing. I'm so sad. Hobby Masters and Toy Masters in Red Bank, New Jersey. Um, my grandfather, again, a, like really was spoiling me in terms of like, she likes this stuff, so I'll buy it. Um, we found the the Gundam, G Gundam, Gundam Wing toys in this toy store and uh, he bought it for me. And I was like obsessed with playing with the Gundams in my room. And of course, Dragon Ball Z is there, but like Gundams, like you can... You could transform the Gundam and it'd be so cool. So, you know, with my talk boy and with my shining Gundam, (laughs) I was just having a time, just having the best time alone in my room. So yeah, those were my toys. Nice. Thank you. There's definitely some, some great nostalgia stuff in there. I was a big Toonami person. Dragon Ball Z is one of my favorites. I have a lot of Dragon Ball Z stuff in my my office so <laughs> yes oh my god and i would love to you know when i have a house like i would love to have those things you know in the house in the mm-hmm. rooms and 
you know, display those things. But, you know, as of right now, I can't do that right now. <laughs> there you go. Um, last one to to wrap up the, uh, the hot seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I called you a year from today and I said, Joy, where where's Joy Infinity at right now? What would you want to answer? I would love to say that I am partnered or I'm partnering with PlayStation and on vacation. Like I would love to say, first of all, I'm on vacation, but second of all, PlayStation called me and they saw my material and they're flying out my girlfriend and I to partner with them on a particular game project or more specifically, I want to be in a video game. Like, have my black self in a video game. I would love that. So I would hope by this time next year, Sony PlayStation calls me and they're like, hey, Joy, we've seen what you, you've you done. <laughs> we want to want to bring you out to the uh, the main campus and uh, throw some things your way. And I'd be like, oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thank you. That then then that's then that's the goal for for a year from now when when I follow up and I'm gonna uh, tag them. Last last thing to wrap things up, we like to do reach one, teach one, just to give people some additional value. Uh, usually tailor the question just based on the guest, and I tailored it for a guest we had recently, and I think I feel that the question fits you to a T. So mm-hmm. you get invited to speak in front of a bunch of kids about getting into Twitch and streaming. What's one piece of actionable advice you'd give them to start them out? Use the technology you have right now. You have the world in the palm of your little fingers. You don't even know. You don't even know. Like I had a cell phone at 16 that flipped. Yep. And I had to record gorillas feel good incorporated on my flip phone (laughs) you mean to tell me you guys have unlimited data plans yep and you are not googling and youtubing streamers like no they because at this point we're literally giving away the information on our two three hour streams on how to do this true and we list it if you go on my twitch page right now and that was something that i was so grateful for When you go on other people's Twitch pages, we will literally give you the list of the equipment we're working with. We'll give you the Amazon, the Amazon wish list of what we're working with. Yep. So, and and I've had people come to me last year and they did ask me, you know, Hey, my son wants to do streaming. My daughter wants to do streaming. Like, what do you suggest? What do you do? And I'm usually like, well, what, what are they playing? Yep. Do they like what they're playing? Do you have a computer? You don't have to, but. I tell them, you know, <laughs> it, it helps, you know, if you're trying to do a bunch of things, but if you just want something to get started or just be streamlined, like PlayStation four, they have a camera Xbox, they have cameras like where you can do that. If you want your child, right. That's the thing. Cause that's, mm-hmm. uh, but I would say work with, um, have, if you don't have a console, have a console. And of course, if you want your child, if your child wants to be heard, Definitely invest in a good microphone because, of course, people are going to sit here and they'll watch the gameplay. But if your audio is crappy, no one's going to sit there and listen to you. So I would say in a lot of a lot of kids, you know, they have all these tablets and stuff, their iPads, their Kindles and all this other stuff. 
you can start there. Like there have been plenty of kids that, uh, that play, you know, Fortnite and all this and Apex and stuff from their, their parents' phones. Like it's, it's easier to get into it now than ever. But again, just you can get into it, but also be prepared. You know, you just can't be out here being like, everyone's going to love me. No, mm. honey, boo boo. You know, you, <laughs> you, you gotta have some, some self like, sense of self. And I say that because these kids, as they're growing up, I mean, they're growing up into a lot of adult situations. So I've seen a lot of young kids be really mature for their age mm-hmm. already. Yep. So I'm kind of like, wow, I can't even imagine even thinking about doing a YouTube channel at the age of five. It's true. So, you know, I just say definitely use the technology that you have. You don't have to, like you said earlier, you don't have to have the most expensive stuff to get started, but the amount of stuff that's on my iPhone SE, because I don't have no iPhone 12, iPhone 13, whatever. The stuff on my iPhone SE is enough to be able to broadcast something on a channel, get it through your YouTube page. And a lot of the stuff is free. Like, it's free to sign up. So it's it's definitely easier today in 2021 than it was in 2008. <laughs> no, you're not wrong. So yeah, just, you know, and just... It just be yourself, like just for real, because people can see it. You can see when someone's being inauthentic. You can tell. So if you're just going to be yourself, just it's easy to get started, but make sure that you keep a sense of self. Because if you're going to try to be a fake person, it's going to come. It's going to come at you. It's going to come bite you in the butt, and you're going to be sad, and it's going to be messed up. And it's not just you. And that was my main thing. And I'll wrap that up. Like my main thing of being on the internet when I started in 2013, I knew I obviously am a human being. I'm a person. I might say wrong things, but it's not just me. It's, it's everyone that knows who I am. It's my parents. It's my siblings. It's my cousins. It's my family. It's anyone that I date. Like, and that's another reason why I never did a YouTube channel with like anyone I dated before. Cause I was like, nah, that's a whole separate crazy thing. Yep. But I'm representing myself, but I'm also representing the people that are around me, my, my circle of friends, my circle of relatives. And if, if you don't like me now, if people aren't around me right now that I can trust and and care for, like, then there's really no point of doing this and none of this I'm doing alone. So got to have a sense of self and, and be grateful for where you are and who you are and just do it. I think, I think that's a great way to wrap things up. Uh, Joy, I, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to share the toys and tech of your trade. Thank you so much for having me, Rich. And you are truly a blessing. And you have pushed me to do the most amazing things with my podcast. And when you have popped up on my streams, I'm always grateful to see your name up there. And I, I thank God for you. Thank you for even, you know, catching up with me. <laughs> thank you. What a great conversation with Joy. She just lights up the room with her energy, her positivity, and her content. Make sure to check out Joy's streams. I'm going to put her streaming schedule and all of the items we discussed on this episode in the show notes. Of course, some of those items may contain affiliate links, which, of course, if you click and utilize them to purchase that item, we receive a small commission that goes towards 
helping build the shows, the network, and everything RageWorks related. So definitely use those links and support the show. And of course, get the gear that Joy uses to bring her streams to you. All of Joy's social links will also be in the show notes for this episode. So you'll be able to follow her on whatever social media platform of choice you choose. And if you really dig what she does on Twitch, hit her with a sub. I'm sure she would really, really appreciate it and would love to hear from you in the chat. And by all means, let her know that Rageworks and Rich sent you from Toys and Tech of the Trade. I'm sure she's definitely going to love that. To close things out, a couple of other things I did want to add. We are working on a weekly newsletter for Toys and Tech of the Trade. We're going to talk about the guests of the week, uh, share some tech items and a couple of other things. We're going to start linking a subscription link in the show notes starting with the next episode. So if you enjoy what we do on Toys and Tech of the Trade and want to stay up to date, make sure to check out that link when it goes live. And we also have a newsletter for the Rageworks brand, which covers everything Rageworks from the articles we post to the stuff going on on the network, plus so much more. So if you want to stay up to date and just want one weekly email in your inbox, you can subscribe to that and we'll put links to that as well in the show notes for this episode. Last but not least, as always, if you enjoy what we do and you're checking out the show on iTunes or any of the major platforms that have a review system, please take a moment and review the show. We would really, really appreciate it. It looks great for social proof and it just shows that we are doing our job and engaging and giving you folks the information, the tools and the tech that you want to learn about. So if you got a second or two, please take a moment and review the podcast. I would really, really appreciate it. With regards to social, I did want to mention, as always, you can find Rageworks on the social media platform of choice. Uh, Usually I am pretty much active on all of them and uh, we're going to work on bringing back or resurrecting our discord. So if you're into using discord, we're probably going to have something for you folks as well. But You can find us anywhere, and most of the time it's me replying unless for some reason someone is running the account for me uh, just because, you know, life gets in the way and some of the staff actually help me out with that. But for the most part, I'd like to say 90% of the time it is me. So feel free to reach out on any social media platform of choice. Say hello. Ask a question. I'm always trying to give you folks value wherever I can and pay it forward wherever I can because been in this game a long time, learned a lot. And if I can pass that information on and make somebody's podcast or content better, I will gladly, gladly do it. All right, folks, that's going to wrap things up. Thank you guys for taking the time to beam us into your ears and enjoy this week's episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade. I'll see you folks in two weeks. Thanks for listening. Peace.
Toys and Tech of the Trade is part of the Rageworks Podcast Network, your source for rants about gaming, entertainment, and the works. Visit us at rageworksnetwork.com.